Good morning, church. It is great to be together this morning. If you've got a Bible, please feel free to uh, make your way to the end of chapter nine of Matthew chapter nine. And I, I a little bit of a preamble to this one, to this sermon. I I spent I started working on this earlier in the week, and then Kristen went out of town, and, and I've. I've Still, like, been in the scripture and, and praying about it and coming back to it. And we're going we're gonna to actually have our chief text is going to be in Matthew 10, but we're going to start in Matthew 9. And I, I've talked to Ralph and Peter and I have, have talked about, you know, our theme for the year is to, to be connected, right? We've talked about connected in Christ, whether we're going to be connected to each other, connected to the community, connected to the lost, connected to one another, uh, connected to God. Like, these are, these are all the things we've are trying, saying we want to be connected. And we, we brought up the, we gave the kind of four little points to that as prayer, share, care, and dare. And the idea was, what if we're going to dare for a season to say, hey, I want to dare you to listen to the Spirit and really obey the Scriptures. What if that's, that's a season that we have, you know, in this year. And as I sat and, and in this Scripture... There was, there was times that I was like kind of fired up and excited about it. There was times that, um, honestly, I sat there and I almost wept about it because I was like, this is, this feels like a lot, Jesus, you know, as, as I'm in the scriptures. And so, uh, I hope that what you hear today is, is from the, the word and the spirit working through me. Uh, and so I want us to pray, uh, for that in just a moment, but, the time that went in here and just thinking about, we're going to read all of chapter 10, all right, in the beginning of, uh, or the very end of chapter 9 and all of chapter 10, because I think the context of it all matters. And in getting uh, the broader picture, and there is so much depth in these passages that we just, we cannot even possibly get to the bottom of, but painting it with the, the larger strokes, I hope that we can each walk away, maybe even this week, being like, I'm going to get into that and spend some time for myself digging in. But uh, let's just pray before we get started this morning. Amen? Let's pray together. Lord, we, we come before you, and we pray that our hearts can just be humble. I pray that my, my voice can be one that's in, in tune with yours. Lord, that our hearts and our minds can be, have been prepared uh, for who you are, Jesus, of being able to just come and, and interact with you and your spirit. Lord, thank you for your word. It is amazing. God, you are so good in the way that you love us and you lead us and you, you, you have great dreams and you just know that there is so much that we can do. And I'm so very, very grateful for that, God. We pray that this is a, a great time for our hearts and our minds. Be with us all. In your name we pray and ask these things, Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Oh, I did ask maintenance to turn the AC on like at 9.30 or something. So apparently that's been sort of not on, but uh, amen. So if you feel hot, uh, we tried. Amen. Well, just pretend the Spirit of the Lord is just burning on you, right? But uh, Matthew 9, and we're going to, like I said, we're going to pick up here in Matthew 9, verse 35. And this is, this is one of the... the So in Matthew, Jesus has these long sections where he talks, and it's uninterrupted. And so this is actually the second one that you come across in Matthew. 
And this is, is him speaking and, and preparing his disciples and sending them out and even telling them what they're going to find. And so let's, let's pick up here, though, in, in Matthew 9, verse 35. And I'm going to actually read from the Holman Bible this morning. So if you're reading from the NIV, it's going to be great. But if there's a little bit of difference, now you know why. Verse 35 says, Then Jesus went to all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he felt compassion for them, because they were weary and worn out, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Summoning his twelve disciples, he gave them authority over unclean spirits to drive them out and to heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of the twelve apostles. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother. James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. Philip and Bartholomew. Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector. James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon, the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Jesus sent out these twelve after giving them instructions. Don't take the road leading to other nations. And don't enter any Samaritan town. Instead, go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, announce this. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those with skin diseases, drive out demons. You have received free of charge, give free of charge. Don't take along gold, silver, or copper for your money belts. Don't take a traveling bag for the road or an extra shirt, sandals, or a walking stick. For the worker is worthy of his food. When you enter any town or village, find out who is worthy and stay there until you leave. Greet a household when you enter it. And if that household is worthy, let your peace be on it. But if it is unworthy, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, shake the dust off of your feet when you leave that house or town. I assure you, it will be more tolerable on the, days of, on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. Look, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as serpents and harmless as doves, because people will hand you over to the Sanhedrin and flog you in their synagogues. Beware of them. You will even be brought before governors and kings because of me to bear witness to them and to the nations. But when they hand you over, don't worry about what you, will speak, uh, what you should speak, for you will be given what to say at that hour. Because you are not speaking, but the Spirit of the Father is speaking through you. Brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child. Children will even rise up against their parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by everyone because of my name. But the one who endures to the end will be delivered. When they persecute you in one town, escape to another. For I assure you, you will not have covered the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. A disciple is not above his teacher, or a slave above his master. 
It is enough for a disciple to become like his teacher and a slave like his master. If they call the head of the house uh, Beelzebub, how much more the members of his household? Therefore, don't be afraid of them, since there is nothing covered that won't be uncovered, nothing hidden that won't be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. What you hear in a whisper, proclaim on the housetops. Don't fear those who kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. Rather, fear Him who is able to destroy both body and soul in hell. Aren't two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them falls to the ground without the Father's consent. But even the hairs of your head have all been counted. So don't be afraid, therefore. You are worth more than many sparrows. Therefore, everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before, him, uh, before men, I will also deny him before my Father in heaven. Don't assume that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I came to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. The person who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. The person who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Anyone finding his life will lose it. And anyone losing his life because of me will find it. The one who welcomes you welcomes me. And the one who welcomes me welcomes him who sent me. Anyone who welcomes a prophet because he is a prophet receives a prophet's reward. Anyone who welcomes a righteous person because he is righteous will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives a cup of cold water to one of these little ones because he is my disciple, I assure you, he will never lose his reward. Alright, so that's, that's a lot that we just kind of endeavored, I, that I chose to read. I hope you were able to stick with it. Honestly, I'll, I'll, I'll throw it out there. I know it's hard to listen to a long passage like that. I know it is because I'm an American, and now I'm used to something's got to be stimulating me all of the time. Can anybody relate to that? Uh, I, I can have a hard time doing it. So if you did, I, I hope that you were able to stay in the Scriptures. If not, I, I do. I encourage you. Go take whatever you can remember from this sermon now and go and read this passage later this week. Dwell in it. Spend some time in the words of Jesus and, and try to stay there until they, they move you. Whether they, they move you to run out and want to... Start, start a conversation with a stranger, whether they move you to tears, you know, like I was so encouraged by Kayla this morning. I walked up and she's crying, sitting in the hallway. And I said, are you okay? And she's like, yeah. I said, are those, are those sad tears or are those tears? Because she's reading her Bible because you're, you're moved by the scriptures. And she goes, I just, I can't, I'm reading this scripture. I can't get past verse 3 because there are people who just won't, they'll think that the peace of God is, or there's peace and then suddenly Jesus will come and they won't know Him and they're lost and they're not going to be saved. And she's just weeping for the lost. And I was just like... Um, like, I was, I, like I was just so moved by her heart just to be like, that's... Like I felt convicted after spending a whole week in, in just this passage. Like that heart for the lost to be saved just crying. I mean, 
Kayla, I hope I get where you are right now. You know, where you were this morning, just, I want my heart to be there so that I just have a hunger to see people be saved because it comes from love and I'm so encouraged by you this morning. But, you know, I, I titled this sermon, A Daring Yet Worthy Cause. And, and when we look at this whole passage, Jesus, he is, he has been presenting to his guys a, a he, he's telling them to, to go out and he's giving them a, a charge and he's setting realistic expectations for his disciples on the road. Alright? And you know what he tells them as his expectations? It's gonna stink! And it's gonna be great! But it's gonna be hard! He's like, people are gonna hate you. They're gonna try to kill you. I mean, we're, we're gonna get into all this in a second. He's just setting them up and being like, but your life is a blessing. And I want you to look for a certain type of people, is what he, he sets them up with. And, and we're going to talk about that. I'm going to, I, what I want to do first is I want to run through the scriptures that, that we just looked at. And so this is, a, this is the Mike Balzer summary you're going to see. Okay, So this is not the Word of God under that text right there. That's just my thoughts on, on what it says. And I'm going to read through this just so we have a quick synopsis. Right? It says, Matthew 9, 35 through 38, it says, Jesus traveled all over the area, preaching, teaching, helping, and healing. He found people everywhere in need, and what he had to offer, uh, everywhere in need, and what he had to offer, he was, he was moved when they saw what he had. He then notes that the need is great, those, and those to do the labor are few. He notes the need for workers to be prayed for, and then he sends them out. Right? To, or to be prayed for and sent out. You know, and, and in the next passage, he actually does that very thing. Right? He, he prays for these workers, that there will be workers to be sent out, and then he preps them and he sends them out. And so in, in Matthew 10, 1 through 15, I'll read what I have here. It says, Jesus calls his disciples to do the work he, he's been doing. Send, he sends them out only to the people of Israel, tells them to take nothing, trust in the people of God to provide. Some will be worthy, others will not. Let your blessing stay with those who are. Now, in Matthew 9, the, the part we looked at, I'm going to pause right there for just a minute because I think it requires a little bit of explanation of, of this passage. In Matthew 9, you do see that Jesus went about and he was healing, he was preaching, he was talking about the kingdom of God, and he's healing all these diseases, and he's just compassionate. His heart, he sees all the people in need, and he's like, I want to help them. He says, but I need more people to do the work. And so he preps his, his disciples and says, this is now going to be your job as well. I'm sending you out to go and do the same things that I've been doing, to help, to heal, to preach the gospel message. Right? And... What's interesting to me is in, in sending out his disciples, right, he likely sent them out in pairs. Excuse me. Uh, i got to take the jacket off. It's just, it's just too hot. Um, you know, he sends out the pairs, and in Luke 10, it doesn't say they send them out here, but in Luke 10, which is a parallel verse to this passage, he actually sends out the 72. He sends out more disciples, and then he says he sends those out two by two. But he tells them, only go to the Israelites. Only go to the people of God. And don't go to the Samaritans. Don't go to the Gentiles. Just go to my people. And I expect my people to take care of you. 
right? I expect my people need to be ready to hear the Word of God. And then he throws in this random aside at the end of this part. He says, And those who don't, it will be worse for Sodom and Gomorrah on the Day of Judgment than for them. Now, I don't know if you know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, but their primary sin, well, the sin that ended up having ash and burning sulfur rain down on their land, was God had sent messengers to their area, and what they did is they were just not hospitable. And, and by, by that, they weren't hospitable. That, that sounds kind of rough if you're like, oh, well, they didn't offer them some tea and biscuits when they came over. Uh, no, it was, it was, read the story, it's a whole lot more disgusting than that. Um, and even Lot, I think God just rescued Lot as a favor to Abraham because that guy probably should have stayed too. But you, you look at this story of what happened, I mean, God annihilated that whole area. And, and he says, you know what, it will be better for them than than the people that are my own who aren't hospitable to you when you bring the message. I'm like, yikes. Um, but he, he also puts in there this idea of a type of person. He said there's, this, there's a worthy person that is supposed to, that you need to be looking for. And, and a person of peace is what I think some translations even put it. And he says, you know, go to these houses, look for these people. If, if the person is not worthy, take back your blessing. Leave their house, don't stay there. Wipe the dust off of your feet, because at the end of days, that dust is going to be a witness against them. Now, to me, I, I think that's like encouraging and intimidating, because it's like, wait, you mean like the ground is going to like testify to the things I've done as well as, or, or haven't done? I don't know, there's, there's a lot there, but, you know, in this passage I just look at it and I say, where, where do I fit in, right? Where does, what does that mean for me, and, and am I just supposed to be looking for a worthy person, am I the worthy person, what, what do I do with that? And we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. But I want to I keep moving forward, so Matthew 10, 16-25, I want to try to paint the picture of this whole passage, and then thoroughly do my best to dig into this. 16 through 25 says, Jesus, he's telling them, right, he says, when you're out there, there are going to be those who hate you, they're going to mock you, they're going to beat you, they're going to deny you, they may even try to kill you. Why? Because you are my disciples and you're becoming like me. You know, Matthew 26, uh, Matthew 10, 26 through 30, says, because you are becoming like me, and are my disciples, don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of them. Instead, continue to do what I have taught you. Never forget that the one you need to be afraid of is God, who is capable of destroying your body and your soul. It says, you're not, you are on my side. You are precious and worth much to me and to God, so don't be afraid of them. Matthew 10.32, this is probably the one that's most unsettling for me anyways. Those who won't share about me in front of others, I won't know them in front of God. Matthew 10, 34-39. You know, I just summarize it this way. It says, In this broken world, my message of peace is not a message of peace. It is a sword that causes division. It will divide families and friends. 
And those who are worthy will pursue me and love me more than even their own families, even their own lives. They will lose much and find much more. Matthew 10, 40-42 is the last part. It says, I will be a blessing to all who accept you because by accepting you, they are accepting me. So don't lose sight that you are a blessing to all whom you go to and who accept you and your message and what you are doing. Uh, what you are doing is good. You know, I, I, I summarize it that way and if you have questions about why I summarize it that way, we can talk much more about it. But I really believe that that is is what he's talking about. And in this, this passage, he has laid out that, yes, it is absolutely an evangelism passage about sharing the gospel, but there's more. right? Jesus is setting up, like I said, the realistic expectations for these guys. He's saying, I'm going to send you out on the mission field, but he's also telling them the type of people they need to be looking for. And I, I think this is relevant to us. Alright, you guys with me? Oh, this is a lot. Uh, I can feel like, what do I do with this passage? I think to us right now as a mission church, this is an incredibly relevant passage. And, and I don't know if you think of us still as a mission church these days, but that is what we are, right? And maybe it's a little easier because we're still smaller, but when we get to 200, 300, 400 Members, right? We're still hopefully going to be a mission church, right? And but when I, I, I look here, I go, why is this more uh, relevant to us right now? I think because of how Jesus is trying to lay a foundation. All right. And so, point one is is a worthy host. We need to be looking for a worthy host. We are, it, it, the title, like I said, is, is a daring yet worthy pursuit. Right? We're trying to pursue and find those who are worthy. And in this passage, you look at what, what does he describe a, a worthy person is like? If you go and you read uh, the, the Luke 10 passage of this as well, you're going to find that a worthy person is this. They're defined by hospitality, generosity, kindness, and receptiveness to the message. Okay, I think sometimes we get caught up in um, going to all of these people to reach out to, or, or we're thinking we're overwhelmed by, you know, I don't know if this person is going to be open, and I have to invest in this relationship and that relationship and all of these different re- relationships that I need to meet, and we get almost paralyzed by the number of people that we could reach out to, so that we don't reach out to anyone or, or not as many. Anybody relate to that? And, and here's what you see in this passage I see Jesus telling you sorry guys, I'm sending you as, as the missionaries you're, the, you're, the, you're going to get there first right? and so whether it's your neighborhood or, or it's your town you know what, you're there first that's your mission field right now okay? but he sends it out and he says you know what you look for look for the people who are going to welcome you into their home look for the people who, who are generous who are, are ready, are kind. And those who are open to the message. And, and I add that because that's what I see in the scripture, but I think sometimes we settle for those who are like hospitable or kind and, and, and leave it there, or maybe one or two, 
Maybe three of those. But oftentimes, we may get in a relationship with somebody and we stay in, in reaching out to a person who's just, right now, they're just not open to the message. And, and actually, Jesus says, you know what, if they're not willing to hear what you have to say, you've got to move on. You need to move on. And that's challenging, isn't it? I mean, I feel that. Like, the idea you're saying, you're going to invest this time in some friendships and relationships, and it's hard to drop people. Because we, we, it's hard. For some reason, even though there's so many more people and we're more connected than ever, we're just not connected to people as well as I think we could be. Right? And we try to hang on and keep reaching out to the same people all the time. And that doesn't mean don't keep a relationship. But you've got to move on at some point and move to somebody who's, who's going to be a worthy, a worthy person. He's with me. You know, I, I read this as well, and I think of, of the Scripture where, in the Scripture, he's talking about that these individuals, it doesn't mean you're looking for somebody who, you know, in the old days, they said, so somebody who's been around for a long time, uh, the type of person you were supposed to look for. If you were looking for, like, a type of person, what was that person called? Do you remember Sharp. Anybody, anybody remember that? You gotta look for the sharp people. And that usually meant like they're, they're like, huh? Ten talent. Ten talent guys, yeah. But the phrase I often heard was, it's, they gotta be sharp. They gotta, they gotta look good. Oftentimes, you know, for some reason it was, there was like this image painted of, of a, um, super outgoing, very A type personality, like, very gregarious. Anybody? Can anybody get what I'm coming at? You know what I'm saying? And, and here, that's not what I see in the scripture. A worthy person is somebody who's generous, they're hospitable, they're, they're kind, they're receptive to the message. Now, why do, why do I think Jesus did that? I think he said, go there because those are foundation stone folks. Those are the type of people that once they get the word, they, they've got it, they're holding to it, they're going to keep their house open. They're going to be the, the family group leaders, the house churches. That they're, they're going to host that. And it doesn't mean they need a big house or lots of money. It means that they're people who are generous. You can be poor and be generous. Right? You know, you've got hospitable. You can have a tiny house and be hospitable. I think the Woodleys are a great example. Every Friday night when they host the Young Professionals Devo in their, their little apartment, it's like you've got 15 people packed in their little living room. And... I think they just do a great job. They're so hospitable about that. You know? And so you don't need a big place. It's not what we're we're talking about. People who are kind. People who are generous. Because those are the type of people, those are the, as Pat was talking about, you're building with the foundation blocks that you're going to spend the most time with and build with. So is that what we're doing? And, And even to that, if you're not, let's be doing it. But I'd even ask another question for the idea of a worthy host. How are we doing at being worthy hosts? By being the foundation stones that God has laid in this church. Right? Are we, are we doing a great job of, of being hospitable and being generous and being kind and, and being even receptive to the message? Um, I say that honestly believing that... I, 
think we're actually really good at that. I think a lot of the church is just great at that. But it's always good to ask ourselves that question. How am I doing? And coming back. You with me? Amen. So, just to reiterate, how do we apply this to ourselves? Consider this in our own outreach. You know, look for those who have these qualities. You know, we need to be keeping a keen eye on the lookout for these characteristics and don't shy away when you find them. Too much. So, random story. Well, totally pertinent story. I remember one, uh, one morning as a campus student, I was reading this scripture. And I was a, I was a college, I was an intern at the time in college. And I was being paid uh, very little. And um, so, and this was my, my full-time, part-time job at, at the time. And I remember I was kind of low on funds. And so I read the scripture about, hey, look for a worthy person. You know, a worker is worth his wage and food. And, and I took that as food. And so I said, all right, God, I trust that this scripture is true. And I said, so let me find a person who's going to welcome me to their home and who's going to feed me. And I, and I told this story a long time ago. I don't remember if anybody remembers it. But that day, I was on campus. I reached out to a guy. I invited him and asked him if he wanted to study the Bible. He said, he, he told me, yes, he did. I said, great. And my general thing is to say, oh, well, do you want to hang out or grab some lunch or something like that, thinking we'd get lunch on campus. He goes, yeah, that'd be great. Why don't you come to my house? And we'll, we'll, uh, you can have dinner, lunch at my house or whatever. So I go to his house, and he just brings out this massive thing of, like, shepherd's pie. And I love shepherd's pie. <laughs> you know, and here's this guy, you know, he's, you know, he, he, he did match the sharp, whatever, image. But he was, he was just like, yeah, come to my house. Like, so I, I followed him to his house. We get there. He lives in a, a, a nice apartment with his brother. And brings out this huge thing of shepherd's pie. And then he makes me this massive bowl. I eat the entire thing. And then he's like, do you want some more? I'm like, sure, you know. And I'm like, sir, feed me. And so we eat, we hang out, we have spiritual conversation, we end up watching a movie together. And to my shame, to, to one of the things I still like cringe at, is I don't know whether it was I lost his number or what, but I never reached out to him again. And, and I share that because God, you know, if anything, God told me or showed me like, Okay, you prayed this literally this day. I'm going to answer this prayer exactly. I'm going to show you that this scripture is true. And I regret that I didn't do more to continue to reach out with him, to him. But I think that's even the point of sometimes we can find people that seem wide open. And then it's like amnesia or fear of maybe they're actually not that open or maybe, you know, I just lost their number, which may have happened. I honestly don't remember, but we don't end up keeping up with them. And we've got to not be shy about being like, you know what? Jesus told them to go and stay in their house. Like, don't leave. Like, you're going to stay there. You're going to come back in the afternoon and be like, hey guys, thanks for letting me stay here. You know, it's, it's that sort of what he's talking about. And those people who are open like that are really, they're the ones that are like, absolutely, I'd love to have you. 
You're helping me. You're teaching me. I want to have you in my home. Those are the types of folks we're looking for. And they exist. They are here. We just need to find them. Amen? I'm going to try to whiz through point, point two. But you know, point two is a worthy endeavor. Let me ask this. Has anybody ever been mocked while sharing their faith? Mocked sharing your faith? Um, has anybody ever been sworn at while sharing their faith? Okay. What about threatened? Has anybody been threatened while sharing their faith? Okay, couple. I, I kind of expected Jesse to have that because she has crazy stories. But, you know, we look at this and we've got to know sharing your faith is not always easy. Right? I mean, that's, that's the reality. We are undertaking a worthy endeavor, but it's not easy. Even Jesus, he talks about how sharing the message, it can be difficult. And it's not always going to be well received. So much of this chapter is dedicated to the idea that it's going to be hard at times. Jesus says that, but he does say the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. You know, the reality is that we live in a place where mockery, cursing, that's likely the worst we're ever going to experience. Right? You know, I remember Devin telling me, he went to Egypt uh, about a year ago or so, and he was there for work last year, and when he went to see the Great Pyramids, they passed by the checkpoints. And this is how I remember his story going at the time, but the checkpoint where they let people in, they noticed that one of them had been shot up and it looked a mess. And from what he told me before was that it turns out that at that time he said that the guards had been Christians and they had been shot because they were Christians. And they had been sharing the faith. Then he told me, I followed up on the story and was asking him about it. He told me that actually two weeks prior to him being there, there had been an underground Christian church that had been attacked. And you think about that idea. That we live in a place where we can post our faces, we can, we can post our location every Sunday. And we don't have to be afraid. Right? We can share our faith, and the worst we're going to get is maybe somebody being cocky or rude or something like that. And that's really the worst we're going to get. You know, I mean, and, and I've got a lot of stories like that. You know, even one studying the Bible with Giovanni, Zach and, and I, and I think Rob Meter were studying the Bible with Giovanni, and some drunk guy comes up and tries to give us a hard time, and you know, about studying the Bible, and you really believe that, and, and we just were really nice. And he's like, "You people are just too nice. I can't do this." You know, and then he walks away. Uh, you know, and, and and the hardest part about that was actually for Zach because the food didn't go well for him, and so he had a, a bad Chinese food. You know, so that was that was rough, a rough time sharing his faith and, and evangelizing somebody. Uh, you know, but that's that's really the worst that many of us have to to look at. And I, we are blessed to be able to be where we are and live where we live, and I take that for granted. I take it for granted. And the reason I take it for granted is because I have never known what it's like to not have the privilege. What about you? You know, I think we've got to go after it. You know, but in keeping in mind that 
This is a worthy endeavor. The work is worth it, right? The people we help are worth it. While sharing our faith is uncomfortable at, at times, it's worthy work. You know, 25 years ago, Maria Kinney became a Christian. They were door knocking in her neighborhood, and she became a Christian when they were door knocking. When's the last time you've been door knocking? You know what I mean? That's like, talk about not my favorite thing to do, right? Uh, you know, but Nate, you know, I met Nate because it was just a compulsion that I was like, I, I need to. I left his store and came back because I was like, I've got to share with this guy. You know, it, and he became a Christian, not because, fancy words, I actually felt really super awkward. And he was like, yeah, I'd love to come. You know, and sometimes we just need to listen to the Spirit. And it was uncomfortable, but he became a Christian, right? You know, I, I think of Ralph, right? Ralph was met while, by a brother who was sharing his faith in the college dorm. He went, dorm, he went knocking on the doors in the dorm room and came up to, to Ralph's door and invited him to come. And if I remember the story right, Ralph was actually reading near Christianity at the time. So, good, that's a really good segue to like get in there. But you never know. You won't know until you show up at that person's door what it, where they are at and what's going on. How God has prepared them. You know, I'm a Christian because a longtime friend of mine kept inviting me to stuff. He didn't invest all of his eggs in me, right? He didn't invest everything in me and make me his one person that he was going to reach out to. But And, and in college, I definitely went another direction for a little while. And I came back and just asked him how he was doing. And he was like, hey, yeah, do you want to come to church with me? And I came and I became a Christian. I studied the Bible, became a disciple. Because he still kept reaching out. You never know when people are going to be open, but again, it's... You can't invest everything there, but I'm really grateful Clay didn't just stop talking to me about it. Right? You know, in all of this, I, I just... Some of us are, are Christians maybe just because our parents never gave up the hard work. They just, they just didn't give up the, full, the process of saying, I'm, I'm going to trust that God is going to do something here and I'm going to keep working and, and keep trying to imbue faith into my kids. You know, and some of you are here for that reason. But all of this I look at and I say, we've got to do it because it's a, worth, it's a, it's a worthy endeavor. Yeah. Saving souls. The souls are worth the discomfort that we might feel for a little bit. Amen? Yeah. You know, and the last thing, the sacrifice, it will be worth it. You know, the sacrifice is going to be worth it when we get to heaven. It doesn't feel like it now all the time. But when we get to heaven, we get to see all the people that we helped become Christians and the people they helped become Christians. We're going to get there and go, that stuff didn't matter. It didn't matter. Yeah, it was hard and all of that, but it didn't matter. This matters. Getting to see these people here with me now, forever. You guys with me? Yeah. And, and keeping these things in mind. You know, that we're meant to be people who are sharing our faith sharing the good news. You could say this is only for the disciples. That's not true. This is for every Christian has a responsibility of being the light of the world. Yes, absolutely, evangelists have an important role to evangelize. But every Christian is called to be the light of the world. Amen? And to reaching out to people. And so I just want to encourage you. In conclusion, you know, I just want to say it's a daring yet worthy cause. You know, dare to open your hearts and your homes. Dare to enter the homes 
and be humble and be served. Go to somebody else's house. How hard was it for the apostles to show up, the disciples to show up and be like, alright, I need you to feed me and clothe me and help me wash my clothes and do all of this and I don't know how long I'm going to be here but it may be for a week or two. Like, I don't know you. Do you guys get what I'm saying? Talk about humbling. I literally have no money. I have nothing else to like barter or trade or do anything. I have to rely on you. We've got to be humble even when we go in other people's homes and, and let ourselves be served and seek being prepared, not seek to be served, but looking for the people who want to be serving. Amen? And letting ourselves be humble enough to let that happen. Dare to share your faith and help save souls. You know what? This next month, I've got a goal for myself. I'm not going to tell anybody what that goal is. I'm not going to tell you that you need to make your own. All I'm going to do is tell you, I'm going to try and get out and go and share my faith this month a lot. And I'm going to try and let people know about it. And I dare you to come with me. I dare you to come with me and see what God does. Because the work that we are doing is worthy. And the work that we're pursuing is worthy. So, dare to be a part of this worthy pursuit. Amen.